Yo, here we go. First episode. I'm ready for it. Wow. I don't, this is wild. Uh, so here we are. You welcome to the Yogs and Bogues podcast. Uh, I'm Scott. This is Andrew over here. Howdy folks. How we doing? Wow. This is weird. Um, so here's the deal before we get really into it, you know, what we got for you today is just a hundred percent BS free balanced breakfast for you golf podcast. Um, you know, Andrew and I, we've been around the block a little bit. Uh, we've been in the golf biz probably collectively. I'm over 20 years. I'm pretty sure. Oh, easily between the two of us more than that. If we're, if we're, if we're completely honest. Yeah. And that doesn't maybe sound like a lot to a ton of people, but considering we're, you know, in our thirties, me by just a nose still in my thirties. Um, but considering we're both still in our thirties, you know, over 25 years between the two of us is, is, uh, is quite a bit. Um, we've, we've been everywhere. We've worked green grass. We've been in retail. We have been in e-commerce, uh, volunteering i mean it, it, the list goes on and on i mean it, it, we've cut a few greens well i have you know done some mowing here and there you know get it get all of the real life life of golf that's yeah and so you know we've we've been a lot of places when i was a young young man i remember i worked at a private club and you couldn't smoke anywhere um so i would purposely always asked to be the range picker because you could sneak cigarettes while driving around the range picker so you know we've 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 been uh we've been around the block a few times and had a few beers on the course too yeah i imagine you have just oh just just a couple yeah you know here and there i've golfed with you a few times i've seen it um you know and so this all really came to be from um we've known each other a long time um and Recently, Andrew started popping into my office in the mornings with a yogurt and uh, just chatting, just kind of starting the day, you know, just like trying to get the day going, have a yogurt, chat about whatever life, uh, recent golf round. And uh, it kind of became a thing. And in the midst of that, we'd been talking about what we could do podcast or something that we could branch off into besides our normal boring day jobs. And, uh, and so, you know, Yogs and Bogues was kind of born, right? You know, a little golf talk over yogurt in the morning, get a, get a powerful balanced start to the day, yeah. protein or- pack. Organic, organic, not only the, just the yogurt, but an organic start to your day. Yeah. Uh, and not always organic, but yeah, it no. can be organic. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, uh, the topics that I talk about aren't or- always organic. I thought you they are the some- yogurt. Some additives, you know, some some produced <laughs> he's flavors. Got some, he's got some GMOs going uh-huh, on in that brand uh-huh. for sure. I'm not for always, sure. not a natural person. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, we thought it would be fun too, and uh, hopefully, you know, you all learned something. We we thought, well, if it's yogs and bogues, uh, maybe we need to try some yogurt and tell you guys a little bit about it. So, you know, I just uh, I just randomly picked. Uh, something up to kind of kick it off and um you know the idea is like we're gonna kick this off with uh with breakfast every every episode uh obviously we got the first ever episode one here uh so today you probably can't see it we don't have that auto zoom camera uh we got the noosa 
salted caramel. It says it's the finest yogurt, and it's yogurt with an H. Uh, you don't really see it spelled with that H too often uh, anymore. Is uh, that is that supposed to be because it's going to hurt I, you? I, or is, I, I mean, what is the effect? I there? don't know. I feel like yogurt was yogurt. Maybe like when we were kids, like okay. in the nineties, it was all yogurt. Okay, but uh, I don't. I don't feel like anybody spells it like that anymore. And I, I gotta tell you, Scott, I'm I'm new. I'm relatively green to the to the yogurt game. Um, you know, a, as I started to to come into your office and and have my balanced breakfast although i don't eat very much in the office um it was you know i'm i'm the kind of guy that needs to have something in his yogurt you know maybe a yeah. granola some sugar something I, i'm a big guy you can see that, folks so big like body. I, I need i need something you know other than just this yogurt but this one I, i'm gonna I, i'm not gonna lie to you this looks pretty yeah when i saw this with the big uh, you can't see this but they, there's like this strip of caramel on the bottom that looks like pretty pretty appetizing i'm not gonna lie it looks pretty appetizing um yeah i know you like to crumble a little something in there i'm more of a greek yogurt kind of guy myself okay. i like a higher protein content it's a little lower calorie but in the name of like mixing it up nobody wants to hear about like plain vanilla greek yogurt that doesn't do anything for anybody yeah no i i if you would have gotten that for episode one probably would have shot you yeah i saw some and like, we would have ended right there i saw so. some fruity looking stuff out there that had some some nice looking like mixed berries but i thought no. I, i've always been i've always been you know why don't you yeah give that a try and 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 digest and uh, here's the thing like i've always thought of like getting that uh, fruit on the top mix it with your yogurt on the bottom sort of stuff like the yo plays like all of those but i've also i think i've told you this before i do not like the consistency of yogurt you're not gonna like the consistency of this one. Oh, great okay you know well, you know get ready no. for a potential gag folks and i'm sorry for your ears yeah. if that does happen no, but that said uh, that said uh it's very tangy first of all it's just it's just very uh -huh. tangy um the salted caramel nice i would eat a bowl like a whole bowl of the salted caramel but i what i wouldn't do is put that yogurt in it again um probably now uh, I, I i couldn't even begin to tell you hold on <laughs> is this like did they just like take caramel syrup or uh, sorry people are gonna people are gonna uh, kill this already this is a debate folks we won't go into that today because we got some golf to talk I about yeah, we, got, we got but yeah. like are you telling me that they just like took caramel sauce and pretty much squirted it into this and then the yogurt's yeah, on the top i think so Ugh. i think so noosa has respect in the game give it give it a go okay give it a go over there i know noosa has respect in the game my sister she raves about the noosa but I don't, and generally I trust my sister, but maybe in this case I might have to question her. Um, I, I would probably, I would, I would, I would give this a low score. I don't even know what our score system is, but like if we're talking out of a 10, this is like a, this is like a, f this is in the fours probably here. Really? Okay. Yeah, you know, not, you know, I'm you, not, you kind of like it. I'm not mad at that consistency. I, I think, I think I was expecting something, um, a little bit different based on what you just said there, but I, I, I'll, I'm, I think that's more of like a 
dessert yogurt. That is a dessert. Yogurt. I don't want to. I don't want to eat that for breakfast. Yeah, um, right. I I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it out of a ten a six point three. Okay, he's going six point three. I'm 6.3. gonna I'm gonna stick with a four point eight, and you know, just that's that one's not gonna. It's a no from me, dog. Okay. All right. It's a no from All me. Right. Dog. Yeah, and not gonna buy it again. Um, but if it, you know, if it comes across your fridge because your wife buys it, you know, it appeared, it's a feel, it's a filler. Yeah. If it appeared like I would, okay. um, you know, nutritional facts wise here, guys, like six grams protein, 160 calories. You're not getting the, you know, you're not getting boosted off of this thing oh, to start your okay. day here a little bit. You, you know, it's uh, like Andrew said, it's a bit of a dessert situation. Yeah. Uh, but that's fine. That's fine. Hey, I, I'm glad we gave it a go. For the inaugural for the inaugural start, I am I am okay with that yogurt being the being the lead in. I mean, I I think obviously based on your score, you would you'd have a little bit more, you know, maybe. But we're, we're gonna we're gonna try some yogurts yeah, through our way. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like this episode is probably gonna be around a four point eight when it's all said and done. <laughs> so I think it's everything's going. You know, right we'll let you be it. the judge of that. Yeah. All right, yeah, go ahead and yeah. tell us, review it, send it to us, talk some crap. I'm okay with that. That's helpful. I, I definitely, I want you to rip us apart, you know, unless this is the best thing you've ever heard. Could be. <laughs> if could that, be. If that happened, I, wow, that's not possible. But I, I like I like the thought. I like the thought. Uh, so the, all, all that said, um, why don't we get into a little bit of, uh, of golf? Um, yeah. So... Let me set the table. When we were trying to figure out, like, oh, where do we begin, right? Where do you where do you begin when you're doing this kind of thing? You have conversations every single day uh, about a, a million things uh, about golf, right? When you're a golf addict, you, you have these conversations every day, and and we thought it would be nice to kind of go back a, a little bit here and and talk about the state of the game today and where it sits, kind of the post COVID. Yeah, I dropped the c word already. Mm. The, the post-COVID golf world, and if, if you haven't been following, um, great, because this is like where we thrive, kind of these these ebbs and flows of the golf industry. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't been following, uh, golf experienced a massive boom in 2020 um, across the board. New people taking up the game, people who had dropped the game years ago, re-picking it up. Uh, retail industry just lighting it up golf courses packed beyond belief um yeah it was one of the only activities that you could actually do that's well spaced that you could do with other people around or without you know of course there's always you didn't have to have anybody with you but just limited touch interaction and i mean to no one's surprise I think, well, maybe to our surprise a little bit because everything shut down and it just was looking like nothing would come back. But I think there was just this, everybody needed a hobby other than being in the house. And golf was the only real sport slash hobby other than, I'm sorry, if you do this, if you run, if you bike, oh, if you exercise, if you exercise, oh, exercising. Yes, yeah, exactly. Oh, sure. that stuff. I, I guess golf you're is a form of exercising. You're free to like, continue exercising <laughs> if you want. No way. Not, not, um, not definitely supported by me. You know, no. at one point in my life, but 
you know, a little bit no. here and there is, is always good. But yeah, so you know, to Andrew's point, we we had this boom, and there was there was no stopping it at that point. Um, however, we are over two years removed from that moment, and we've started to see things normalize a little bit in a lot of different ways. And so, you know, what we want to tell you about is, you know, where we really sit today um, and what happened and where it's going and what, what we think it should happen next. And look, we have no control over that. So uh, none of what we say probably matters, but I think we have some good ideas, you know, so we'll, we'll find out. But, um, you know, the first thing is, we had all these COVID, I'll call them the COVID golfers. And these were people that took up golf amidst the pandemic. And for all of the reasons Andrew just talked about, these are the people that took up the game and started playing it because it was the only thing. And I, in my opinion, those golfers were are gone and probably weren't going to stay. Um, golf is too difficult golf has so many as we talked about unwritten and written rules to learn and those golfers uh you know basically just came in because it was the only game in town but the truth is is that golf doesn't provide the like experience and entertainment value that all those normal things that people were doing did for them Mm -hmm. Uh, it didn't provide that that dopamine hit for the new golfer, the way uh, some of the other activities they would take part in would. So it was very easy for people to kind of slowly remove themselves from it. Does that? Yeah, I, I, I agree. But I also think that like it did gain a lot of following um, from your average. It, it definitely made a wider gap of your average golfers in age, various different, various different things. And I don't think that I disagree with you because I think that you are always going to lose a certain percentage of COVID golfers, but then you were going to gain just like every year you gain with somebody trying golf new. It's just a lower percentage because again, it was the only game in town and i think you were always going to lose a certain percentage but you gained some loyal followings i I had a couple of friends that picked up the game during that and now they can't stop contacting me at work saying oh what can you do for me what can you do for me the natural stuff but um and and i think what's likely what you along what you were saying Unless they are engaged more and more and more um, and the game kind of changes or markets to them, does various different things to attract them, yeah, sooner or later you will lose them. But right now they caught such a hot hobby, whether it be because they were athletic and they liked the challenge or all of their buddies did it or something, there was some sort of social interaction or they found a course that they really, really like. You know, um, but naturally, COVID golfers, they probably fell off to a higher percentage than would a regular guy picking it up in, uh, on, a, on an off year. Sure, sure. So, yeah. Do, so does, do you think golf... Did you just say dope? 
I uh, if I did, I didn't mean to. Okay, okay. Because um, that comment, that that take, well, that take was pretty dope. Um, <laughs> so you, you make a good point. You make a really good point that yeah, you were gonna you were gonna grow by whatever twenty five percent for a year, but the the it was gonna work itself out to say, hey, in the end of this, you're gonna gain five percent new golfers. And, and the other thing that I think we'll we'll see in maybe 10, 15 years is because it was the only game in town, it probably rushed a certain amount of parents to put their kids into that particular game. You know, team sports weren't, were picking or were going down because you weren't going to have that touch interaction or anything like that. And I mean, we'll see just much, much like the, all right, we'll, we'll go back to it. Like, this guy's revolution and how all those golfers because people remember him and and we needed to parents needed to show their kids and now we're seeing kind of like that age that generation group come coming up. up yeah you know maybe we'll see in 10 15 years the covid generation of people that introduced their children and introduced other people to the game because it was the only thing to do yeah wow you're blowing my mind right now <laughs> blowing my mind right now that that is that is that is fair that is fair and i mean you have these you you have these cyclical nature of um i i think you you like to say and and we both like to say like grow the game sort of cultures like how are we gonna grow the game and i hate saying it i i know i know i i don't think there's anything that like one particular per i mean fortunately well i don't think we're ever gonna see that ever again but but like the grow the game like how are you and i going to grow the game i don't think it's possible it's more of sustaining what you know might have happened to grow the incremental changes over time supplement that and and push our our way into it um i think it's more about keeping those gaps wide like or i'm sorry lessening those gaps to create more growth um Every year, maybe, you know, maybe now, now I'm not going to say it. We'll get into it later, but, but so I'm I'm very cynical. You'll find, um, I love, I love this game dearly, but I don't think you think it's necessary, right? I'm well, I'm very cynical about it in the, in the sense, like, do I think grow the game or whatever that means is necessary? Like to me, that's a construct of like capitalism. Like the people who tell you they want to grow the game want to make lots of money off of it. Um, And that's fine. They're allowed to do that. But the agenda they push doesn't really fit um, actually changing it or adding anything new to what's existed for decades right like think about your greed and yeah like think about your grandpa like it like i used to golf with my grandpa when i was nine like to me golf is not any different now really than the golf i played with him growing up like yeah we got speakers we got bluetooth speakers (laughs) and uh you know uh, the clubs are made. Are you talking of, about you don't drink fifteen beers around? I and mean, like he did that probably. Oh, that hasn't changed. Hey, I guess I'm pretty sure people were drinking fifteen beers around for decades here. Yeah, um, I wasn't the first to invent that. Yeah, you did not. <laughs> <laughs> I created drinking fifteen <laughs> beers on the golf course. It's trademarked. Uh, but no, like 
that that's the thing. Like it's it's to me, it's a construct of like capitalism, and the, you could do that the right way. You could say, "Hey, I, I want to make more money off this by changing the culture of it, or changing the way, way it's, it's perceived and yeah. the way it's done, and the way you play it, and the way right." Uh, the way the experience actually is when you go to a golf course. Uh, I don't. I I had something in my head uh, on the way over here today. And uh, if you've ever been to a, a high end golf resort, uh, stay and play kind of place, I can tell you like uh, Sand Valley in Wisconsin. Uh, it's a Mike Kaiser property. It's an awesome place. But the thing they do is make you feel like you're the only person there when you pull up to the door. And there are thousands and thousands of people that roll through there every day. And every I don't know person, about every day, but you know, probably, probably hundreds. Well, I'm sorry, the, every week. Every week, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, every week there's thousands of people, right, that are coming through these doors, whether it's to eat, to play golf, to play the nine hole, to hit balls on the range, to just see the property. Uh, they make you feel like they want you there. And clearly their staff is trained to be amazing at that. Um, I don't know what would be holding back your daily fee public course from treating you the same way. Yeah. I mean, um, money. What are you paying? Uh, I, I I think San Valley is. I don't think the you, guy at the bag drop at San Valley makes 85 K a year. Or something no, like no, 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 no. No, I'm saying more of like, but you are. If he does. I'm. Let's go. Like, yeah. why, why, why haven't yeah, we found actually, that before? I'm gonna check that. <laughs> Let's look that up after this, and we'll we'll decide if we're recording podcast two or if we're going to Sand Valley. Um, <laughs> and sorry to the backdrop guys at Sand Valley. No offense. You're amazing. Okay? Yeah. Just so you know, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And please, um, if you want to throw us an invite to come out there anytime soon. Good with that. Um, yeah, and they're probably booked till like 2024 anyway. So, I. I it's it's a wonderful idea and we've talked to other other things other experiences and we'll get into it a little bit about what go golf courses could do or or what they could throw out to amateur golfers um or i mean we're all amateur golfers newer golfers and how they market to them and give them that sort of first end experience um rather than you know just making it okay hey pay your 45 dollars. here's your cart key and, and and turn it in when you're done with your 18 holes that's like, kind of what i'm that's kind of what i'm driving at here yeah. is, you know and i know i know how hard the people in this business work i know how hard the golf pros work and how difficult it is and how there is probably not enough money to go around but a lot of times, you know, more money in means more money out. In but then, how do you ventures. explain? How do you explain that? Um, I, I, we kind of did with golf still being up, but like, how do you explain that rounds are they are still up? We're still fully booked at most peak times. Mm -hmm. Prices are up clearly um, because just that demand is there. So obviously, why not raise raise the price of your supply um because people are gonna pay it they're getting there so like what are we how 
what do you take that money and what what would be your number one ideas to keep attracting people to that so we don't lose have this drop off and we don't get back into that you know cyclical nature of things are you actually asking me that no question? i'm definitely asking you yeah uh, i mean to me uh, well look i've i'm a person who's played golf for whatever 20 years like i get it well, i know i mean hold on let's let's stop right there uh-oh. because you're already talking about early retirement and we've so i'm pursuing other passions okay okay but now keep going like this um i've played you know i've played golf for 20 years i get it i know how it works i know that you just walk in tell the guy at the desk your name and your tea time he gives you a cart key and you go to the first tee i i get how that all works um but if i didn't get how that all worked or i was new or i'd never been to a course before i would sure like to have someone make me feel welcome on my way in, whether that's someone at a bag drop, someone at upon the entry, someone directing people around and just showing them that, Hey, we're really glad to have you here. And not only are we glad to have you here, I want to do something and give you a, a feeling that makes you want to come back. Um, the course is going to dictate a lot of that. So we'll get there. Um, and I can, if you'd like, but make me feel welcome and go, wow, man, these people are so amazing. They, this place is so cool. They really want me to be here. Yeah. But I mean, okay. I agree with all of that. That's that, that is great. But how do you gather that information? Like, how do you gather, we live in a culture nowadays that people don't like to be pointed out for like, you know, Oh, I don't need to know who's new. I can give that same... You want to give that to everybody. Yeah, I'm not saying let me hold your hand and show you where the pro shop bathroom is, but (laughs) uh, you may need it, uh, and that could be helpful. But no, I want to just... Not just, hey, let me take your bag so you can give me $3 for it, right? Show me where to go. Tell Tell me about the place. Tell me what makes it great. Tell me where, hey, you know what? The range is right here if you guys want to warm up. And, uh, you know, I'll get your carts ready for you. They'll be waiting for you right over here. Anything else we can get you? Can I grab you a drink? Hospitality. Hospitality. Yes. Because yes. truly, it, it, I'm about to come hang out at your place for five hours. Yeah. You got me for five hours. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Why'd you be, get me for seven and I'll give losing, you a hundred more dollars? hundred percent. And you're losing opportunity if you don't provide that op, that that hospitality because you're leaving things to, you know, the golf course being a good experience, like, you know, it being a great that, course or anything. And you can lose out and certainly lose people by not providing certain hospitality. But I, I think it's, I don't think the golf industry... I think it lost that culture, you know, when, I hate to say it, when munis started becoming, munis and park districts started becoming more of the regular the, yeah. than, yeah. than anything the else. go. Yeah, right. exactly. Yep. Because, again, you get into that dollars spent. It's the, it's, it's the only sport... That you not only have to pay for your equipment, but you also have to pay to play. Right? Yeah, I, I, I can't much. think of any... I mean, I, I've, I've said that for a while, pretty but much. I haven't actually checked my, my logic on that. I mean, I know you have to pay for hockey equipment, you have to pay for baseball equipment, you have to pay for lacrosse equipment, all of that stuff. But nowhere do you have to pay to be on a baseball field. 
you go find your local park district place, play on it, you know, find a bunch of different guys and get on there. But like, if you're going to go for a foursome on a Sunday, I demand you not only have to have clubs or rent them, and then you got to pay to be on my place for four hours. It's, it's, I get it, but it also is just so detrimental to the concept of then, you know, providing hospitality. Where is that money going? Maintenance. It's, you're, you're looking at, what's the, the you probably know this because you're a sick individual. What is the average land size oh. for like a golf course? Oh man, I actually probably did once know this question, but you need, you need hundreds of acres. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we're talking a standard like 6,800 yard golf course. Yeah. Like, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of acres. And then if you're talking about these cookie cutters inside developments and all of this, like, even more because you're spread out all throughout there. And not to get too off track, but it's going to – it's definitely – not to say that, like, country club atmosphere is needed everywhere. It kind of is kind of is to make you feel belonging as a a member even if you're just joe schmo coming in off the street to play 18 holes you know real quick through uh it's you know i don't think people are uh, grasp that as much anymore um but then again (laughs) i say all the time like the country club atmosphere sometimes makes things too stuffy (laughs) right because it's members only, all of that. But again, we're talking about we were talking about something completely. No, which different I guess someone I might track. come back to me and say, "If you want all that, join a club." But that's not again. That's not what I'm trying to convey here, right? Like, yeah. if you actually are trying to bring all walks of life into this, just it, because I play the game of golf doesn't mean I actually like feel like embrace, I belong. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yep. So. Yeah, I hear you. And and you know, your question like 10 minutes ago probably <laughs> was what would I do? And you know, I, I think I wanted to touch on this later, but I, I think I'll just I'll think I'm just going to hit it now. Um like in my opinion, public golf and I actually I, I would take that back. Most of the golf in our area anyways, um uh, Chicago suburbs, um it it lacks character. It's the same, and it's a tree-lined course that someone tried to stretch out to 7,200 yards to make it a championship test, Um, and it all came during a housing development boom in the late 80s and early 90s. So there was all of these housing development booms. They said, oh, let's put a golf course on the property. That'll help us sell more homes. Yeah, What ultimately happened... Uh, net net 20 years later is they didn't sell all the homes. They barely sold any of them. The golf courses are crap and a large percentage of those courses have closed or are in the process of closing, but, or, or, I mean, they were private places that had to go public or semi-private because of the fact that they, they couldn't, couldn't generate, couldn't get membership. membership. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you had this, boom that basically if you think about it probably created 
I don't know, 25% of the golf in any area you likely live in. Um, and so that is kind of what course we were left with. There wasn't any focus on design, interest, uh, appealing to a wide variety of players, appealing to the beginner and the, the skilled player at the same time. A good golf course designer can build a course that both is very playable for the higher handicap yet challenging for the low handicap. I just I just thought of something and like while we're talking on this this subject I have a quick question for you. When's the last time you saw a new golf course go up? Uh like a not public like, yeah, like a... not like a rebranded, not like anything you know closed to reopen like I could I I couldn't tell you. I could not even tell you. No. Could That's not tell you. Kind of sick. Yeah. Not in a good way. I know you like to use sick as, as yeah. but like, I, I, that seems like a problem to me. More courses closing than opening. Obviously, it, it's, it, it's it coming generally... back to where it should have been yeah. for the amount of demand like the supply is coming back and generally the real like, i mean like instead of people i think businesses see that almost nowadays or big like lost cause uh, i wouldn't to, to, open i wouldn't course. take that <laughs> yeah i wouldn't take that i mean unless you had a different complete concept of the game of golf that could draw people to draw people that's to the what's place. going up yeah. these days right yeah. interesting resort golf with top par golfs, threes, all top of the, golfs. Yeah. your yeah your resort stuff a lot of like par three and putting courses going up at these places um yeah that's a great question uh but yeah we're not seeing uh you know the local muni uh opening a new one or getting a facelift or anything no. of that nature no um yeah that's a great question i would actually love to find out the answer to when was the last time somewhere in our area opened a brand new golf course i bet it's been minimum 10 or 15 years if not 20 yeah i i, I couldn't tell you but i so in your touching of lack of like character yeah two golf courses <laughs> while i think that is I, I i do think that is a um a telling trait of the industry of how golf courses were created and just fitting in you lose a certain percentage of people if you get too tough or you or you put too much in and they don't know how to play it, or you make it too long, or you make it too short, like, you kind of do have to go cookie cutter sometimes in in order to just meet the masses. Well, and I think that's the thing, is they are, they are too long. They are too difficult. They don't... So you think more tee boxes? Like... Uh, Think about the funnest golf courses you've ever played in your life. Not not just the coolest or the most challenging or the ones with the best conditions, but the most fun you had just playing golf. It wasn't even the day that you shot your lowest score. It was the day that you just enjoyed playing because the course brought uh, kept you engaged on every on every hole. Um, 
and I don't want to be shouting out a yeah, million no. golf courses, but the thing is, is uh, so uh, this is what I kind of had in my head before we started talking, and the Open this year at St. Andrews was, is what got my wheels turning on this, and some people don't get it. And I, I understand that if you look out, you go, I don't, there's nothing to see. I, there's no, there's no trees. There's no, there's no nothing. Well, what the beauty of that golf course is, is the, the terrain and the design lends itself to enjoyable golf shots that can be played. As you saw, the best players in the world can play them and be challenged, right? I, I mean, the winner probably shot 20 under par or something like that, but Plenty of guys shot 10 over and missed the cut that week. And what you saw in that golf course is a lot of really cool half par holes. And when I say half par, uh, not a it, it, it's a par four, but it plays almost like a par three and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's 348 yards for a touring pro who's going to hit a drive 300 yards. And he's going to have some 40, 50 yard pitch shot in that requires a uh, skill but also there is this fun component to it that the green is built in certain way that funnels the ball somewhere bounces the ball somewhere requires a high shot a low shot a bouncing shot a rolling shot and any ramp joe schmo i can look into hitting bumping a nine iron from 40 yards and it rolling to a foot the same way that cam smith can hit that crispy 60 and fly it all the way there to a foot yeah there there is none of that when i play golf I don't, I, I can't tell you, uh, barely ever do I, is there a hole where I hit driver and a 40-yard shot? And it doesn't even matter that I'm not that long. There's not that frequently that you have those opportunities to yeah, play holes like that. Length. Well, if you ever play the game of golf again, but you know. But even then, why yeah. a 290-yard par four would do exactly that? Something with an interesting green um, and yeah. slopes and you know hillocks you know i I have a i have kind of like an interesting like to that so a couple of weekends ago i went down to old alumni um illinois state played all the old tracks one of the ones that i worked at and i had an elbow problem had my like tendonitis in my elbow swelled up terrible like could barely swing but i would already paid we're, we're already going down there I, i'm gonna go Let's just make that worse go yeah. with the bows yep. yeah with yeah. the boys exactly who, who needs who needs to worry about arthritis yeah. and those things you oh, know body fine. deteriorate so not gonna need that elbow nah, later nah nah we don't do any activities for that um so it it actually like invigorated me to play the game because i had to play it so differently then I have played golf before because I'm I'm half swinging. I'm literally trying to hit my drives 215 to 230 yards just to get any sort of length out there. And then I'm not able to elevate the ball because I can't come in steep. I can't bring the club all the way back. So it, it actually made things more fun to try out different shots and play it differently into these holes and I think that's that's sort of what you're getting at. Granted, I wasn't playing incredibly hard courses, so like it's not like the green complexes were making me do that. It was by my own health, yeah. but it still made golf like it was like I was playing a different game. 
a new experience. And like we say sometimes, like old man golf, keep hitting it down the fairway, just just crush it, and, and then I'll eventually get there. But like I had to do something completely different out of the realm. And I think in turn that's going to help my game and that would help like other people to play the game differently. But I don't know at what point or at what golfers are going to realize that in just the general masses that it's like, hey, maybe, you know, from 80 yards, depending on where the flag is positioned, you need to take like a nine iron and run it or something like that, depending on, and, and I know you're getting at maybe make the golf courses more challenging to to do that, but I think... It also needs to be a golfer who opens their mind into realizing that that can be done. Uh, yes. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the beauty of it right there. That where it makes you think it doesn't a straight away 450 yard par four with a bunker on the right and a bunker on the left off the tee doesn't make me, it makes me think, it makes me think, oh shit, I got to hit. Like I'm getting there uh, in three for sure. (laughs) I got to hit the farthest drive I can hit. And like some, I'm realistically a 450 yard par four for me is like a driver and a five wood. That's not that enjoyable for me. Uh, that would be a cool par five for me. Uh, but not, you know, that's, that's not enjoyable golf. That's stressful golf for a person whose skill level doesn't dictate that they will hit two very very well executed shots in a row now take that same thing make it a 310 yard par four and all of a sudden i got 60 yards in and and now i got something interesting to happen yeah we could get into like the and i'm not saying every hole should be 310 yards i hope that's the reason why there's a handicap system in golf and all of that stuff i i i am i want to be clear i'm not saying Every golf hole should be 300 yards par four. That's not what I'm saying. Like, I think on that same note, if I have a course with a few of those, I would love to have a 240 yard par three. I I think that is interesting, right? Oh, here's this one spot where I've got to execute hitting a three wood off a shot. Yeah, a shot. I don't. It's a driver. Yes. And and that's the thing. It's not just stock like. Driver seven iron, driver seven iron, driver seven iron all day long. Yeah. Um, so I don't. Again, no, no. I said I was going to be cynical. Like you said, I would be cynical. But I, I, I'm with you. I think that that also, as much as we hold golf courses accountable, you kind of have to hold the golfers accountable because where we're at, obviously, my age, my stature, everything like that. Like, yeah. That is the game that I play. <laughs> like I play, and it's the worst part of my game. I play driver, then some form of wedge. Right. And it's like, well, why don't you just get better with your wedges? Okay, well, maybe That's I should cool. probably hit a four iron every now and again and leave myself 150 yards or something like that. And it's, I mean, I think as much accountability as you're telling put golf courses on, you got to put it on golfers too, especially if you want to get better especially if you want to improve and and you know and don't want to practice all that much you got to on the golf course you got to challenge yourself to hit different shots and and play different ways um otherwise just saying hey oh by playing golf i should get better i don't 
think that concept no it doesn't has, has ever worked can for verify, anybody can verify <laughs> that does not work uh, tried it didn't work so we talked about we're, we talked about golf courses we talked about you know where we're kind of at with golf courses and where we need to go like let's break into a little bit i know we both we both said this pre and Let's talk a little bit about, you know, where the industry retail wise e-commerce is. And I'm sorry, guys, we're probably not going to touch a ton on this because this is our day to day and we could talk it to all ends. But um, honestly, it would be somewhat boring one for us and two, maybe for the listener, um, because we're just not not to say we're not passionate about it but like it gets old it really does but um you know so scott give us i'll 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 provide some color too but like with the covid and then boom sure where where are we at as an industry for golf you know in retail and you know, are we, f- do we really think that like things are transitioning e-com more or are we, you've been in both mm-hmm. sides, so you understand and we're in a company that has both sides. So you know, yeah. talk a little bit. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I don't have uh, numbers to back this up, but I think what we found is that uh, golf retail in general, let's just, we'll call it off course retail, golf off course retail has come back back to the norms so you know there it was it was uh the wild wild west in 2020 and 2021 um you know people were seeing 40 50 percent growth year over year before from before covid so whatever before 2019 you know you were seeing these types of growth that were unsustainable obviously completely unsustainable um but and now we've seen in 2022 that we've we've come back to the norm and i think anyone who's even flat in this world is probably doing very well off you know your um your brick and mortar is still doing the kind of business it would do i would yeah. say um and ecom didn't really I think it probably took over because it had to for some period. But I think, again, we've settled back into the norm there. Uh, What people don't know is that uh, in late 2020 and then well into 2021, even part of this year, uh, the inventory was a major issue. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think everybody saw that in every industry, right? Every industry, you know, supply chain issues embargoes you know you had yet tankers being held up places tankers sinking hit, being hit all of that remember stuff. that boat that was just turned yeah. sideways uh-huh that feels like a decade ago oh my gosh it wasn't uh, everything a boat. That uh, what, what did you call those things i don't even know what you called those those giant vessels that had the shipping containers isn't, on isn't it a tanker i don't know maybe Something? maybe help us out somebody tell us yeah but no, I, I, yeah, all of that seems like it was forever ago. And along the lines of that, I think, I think we're coming back to it more. And I, I think I told you this the other day that I, I've seen is through that and through that boom, you lost a lot of brand loyalty. 
You really did. You saw it. It was, you said, Wild Wild West. People were just trying to get their hands on, on something. Stuff. On something. Yeah. Golf balls. Clubs. Apparel, even. Like, I just need to have something in my hands. And that's starting to come back. Now, I feel like I'm seeing and hearing from a lot of people like, oh, I want to wait for, you know, TaylorMade's definitely, I, I understand that cycle. I know they're going to come out with a new a new driver next year. Um, so maybe I'll just wait for that or wait till the stealth drop or something like that. So, yeah, I... Yeah, I, I mean, imagine living in a world where pro there were no Pro V1s. As crazy, sorry, crazy, or no, no, no. um, (laughs) Buy three get one free. There was no buy three get one free. that was that was truly the end of the world. Oh my! When we didn't have those promos, I knew we were we were done. But um, I yeah, you're right. People are starting to. There was a period where whatever. I I I don't want to single out brands, but you'd be like. I'm a Titleist guy, but well, all of a sudden you can't get the like, irons you want customized by Titleist for 16 weeks. Okay, you might just become a Mizuno guy for a little exactly. bit then because you wanted something, right? Yeah. Um, well, and, and and so on top of that, I think you saw in a lot of these, a lot of these non-hard good areas, you saw a lot of these niche places pop up these smaller companies pop up and find success find like good marketing tactics to you know people that were new to golf and then just bit hard on them and and like obviously Wearing some rowback right now. I'm a, I'm a rowback no guy now, but uh, sorry, 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 sorry. We already gave it to Too Noosa. Late. I already gave it to Noosa. So okay, that's true. No, well, Noosa, <laughs> you know, Noosa is a little bit more more heavy, but um, so I think that like you see these these smaller, more craft stores, niche places in the areas that you're not going to see a lot of hard goods. Uh, you do but successful hard goods yeah, right. areas like your niche place you're not trying to create golf clubs yeah you're talking about the brands that enter the apparel world the yep. accessories world i mean uh, shoes took advantage of like trends you saw that... golf balls you saw a lot of golf like vice uh these all these various different and they really have bit hard on the amateur the amateur newer golfer and been able to market to them well and found success in that. And I think that's, I think that's really cool because you think probably even seven to 10 years back when we were getting into the retail, like were there any of those really around? Yeah, there was no direct to consumer golf ball. No, there that wasn't. Didn't have a tour pro. You might've had it. Travis, just coming up being that smaller but travis is gigantic now you had maybe g4 back then and now they're ginormous like but you've got all of these smaller places i mean i know we said no free ads but like (laughs) like i am huge on that proud 90 sunday swagger rowback like all of these guys and i i 
I love it. I love what they're doing. I love what these companies are continuing to do for the sport to make it look young, feel young, um, just being yourself out on the golf course no matter what. And um, that's I think that's really going to help retail, period, for golf um, and make it not only just golf, lifestyle brands too. That's that when golf clothing becomes sort of an everyday lifestyle, like it is for you and me anyway, I think that will help promote the game as well. But that's enough about retail. We, no, we, I, we could talk, we could talk forever. So, um, well, that is a perfect, actually, trans- how are we looking on time? How are we doing? Looking great. We, we, I feel like I've been talking for four hours. <laughs> what has it been? Thirty nine minutes? Nah, I think we're I think we're just about at the 40, oh, that's, 40, 40 45 that. minute mark. That's pretty so. good. That's pretty good. And if I, you're looking at this now and I'm completely off, I'm not even looking at a timer. Sorry. Sorry. Not sorry. So actually and I think what you were talking about with some of these new apparel brands is a perfect transition t- into something else I want to talk about, and that's kind of this this new breed of of golfer um so we we have what what i would refer to as bro golfers and someone might i don't maybe i am a bro golfer i don't really know i i know what i think a bro golfer is when i see one um and maybe i am one and maybe i'm not i'm not positive i, I you know what hold on i'll pull up the urban dictionary on what bro golf you, if, is and then you awesome can awesome if there actually was let's a, see uh a listing for bro golfer, but you have this, this new generation of, um, what I call bro golfers or these Instagram golfers and, um, the vloggers, right. Who are doing uh, whole, whole vlogs, right. And playing golf live on camera for people. Uh, did you find, is there? Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. Um, it's, it's just golf bro. And okay. Similar, similar, and closely related to a dude bro. Okay, golf bro <laughs> spends his time discussing golf, drinking at the golf course, and running over fellow golf bros with golf carts. Uh, see, so the first two is probably about right for me. Yeah, I've never, I wouldn't run over anybody with, with a golf cart. I remember that though. Do you remember? <laughs> he, that oh, when th- that, that used to be a thing. Oh my god! Or like when people were like. Uh, they were like splitting their legs in front of a golf course yes. and somebody was dumping a beer into their mouths and like I, I, an that's extreme feat of that's athleticism. That's very right dangerous. There. That's very dangerous. Hold on. I got to read you the sentence. Really oh, there's, oh, there's a sentence. Yes. Please use it in a sentence. Yes. Man, that golf bro just leveled <laughs> three golf bros before putting <laughs> the cart into the lake. <laughs> oh, that is so good. That is so good. That's no, perfect. So, and... and I'm a sucker for all of this. Uh, you, I, I really, you're a golf bro. I really am. I, yes, I, I'm a golf bro. And no truly s- is safer on this guy. 100%. No, to, no, no truly goes undrank. It's also, I, I think it's just based on the generational and, and how people consume their media. I, I think it's great to promote the game and how people are doing it, making it comedic, making it, you know, interesting, seeing people like themselves do 
these things and go to these places, these resorts or whatever. It kind of goes a little above golf, right? Like it's, uh, like it's, uh, it's almost like a lifestyle or just to your point, comedy or, um, yeah, it's just like, oh, these are dudes just like you and me, except they're really good at golf. Okay, that's cool. And that was the question I was going to ask you is, you know, bro golf, Instagram golfers, these guys, are, are these are these guys here to stay? These guys and gals, I should say. Sorry, I'm saying guys in the, you know, all-encompassing uh, sense. Are they here to stay? Is this is this going to last? Does this uh, replace <sighs> something else in the golf ecosystem or the media world of golf like does something disappear in place of this or does it die uh, i think the like we we look into the other other places that are doing the bigger names of things um you know your four plays your uh good goods Mm -hmm. those guys like the bigger they get, the more they fit into that into that ecosystem and make themselves a permanent part of that ecosystem to create more inclusion. Meaning, you know, I could see them doing tournaments. I could see them being a part of some mini tours and and you know Although that, you know, will kind of filter out at, at some point because their celebrity will get so big that they just won't want to do anything, potentially. I think that the more that they contribute to the golf world, whether it's, it could be, hey, heck, creating their own golf courses. Shit, that'd be fun. Or their own resort and coming up with new concepts for golf. Like, they could push it. I think I feel like golf bros could really push it and these people that have exposure to the golf the younger golf community because they have the they have the their finger on the pulse of what people are wanting to consume. So it's hell, I hope it's here to stay. It's I mean it sounds Yeah, I mean what I think what you're saying too and forgive me if I'm putting words in your mouth but we're going to see uh the previous generation you know start to go away um yeah and this generation is going to kind of take over the sport but our but we see it we see it around us we see people who have held on to that old golf value i like to call it old man white golf i know <laughs> we say, I say old golf value um, <laughs> we've seen people just who are willing to uh, perpetuate that right and but at some point there's going to be a changing of the guard and is is this is this group the one that's going to do it i maybe maybe there's a lot of really cool stuff going on um you know out there um but yeah i guess i guess maybe it doesn't replace anything it just it almost fills a void right there was no one doing it and now they are i don't even know if anybody asked for it but who was even the first who was like the first bro golf bro golf like who was the first bro golfer i don't even john daly oh oh like professional golfer i meant like oh, social media oh geez. oh yeah uh yeah i mean who was the first bro golfer i don't even know arnie um, he was kind of a bro he's kind of a bro john daly might be the original 
bro. The, yeah, I, IDGAF pro like, golfer and and way way. But I mean, you had like, um, like Eric Anders Lang um, doing yeah. like really really great uh, stuff. I mean, geez, probably s- six seven eight years ago, um, making adventures in that, golf. Yeah, where, where he would do really, travel. Yeah, shows. so unique and may, may, maybe sparked. Uh, a bit of that generation to like do something and try something different in golf, which is really cool. It's really cool that we're, we're seeing, you know, what's going on here. Okay. Follow up question for you. Um, Do you think that the live golf invitational series has any impact on this conversation we're having? Like, do you think it will, actually have an influence on the game in some sort of different way and the the kind of the reason i ask the question is you know i'm i've been a detractor um which you, you'll f- come to find oh yeah over time if you've spoken with me ever um but on the same note i will say right it is like fast paced uh no commercials uh less cialis um overall <laughs> right there's just less cialis mentioned <laughs> Um, overall, and I, and I think like, that was a line you've been waiting for, for, for a long time. I wrote that one in advance. I did. I did. I hope somebody laughs at it. Like four people laugh at that. I'll be happy. Um, but you know, is it actually going to do something? You'd hope, but I don't know if it's going to get that exposure. I mean, I, I, I think the thing that I like and this is a very, um, it's a very small component. I like how it is currently shown. The younger consumable in YouTube, I think, more people that wouldn't be exposed to a golf round on television are more likely to stumble across it everyone has maybe YouTube say, on their cell phone everyone does everyone has you know and, and i think at least the younger generation which i'm i'm all for them seeing more golf and being like oh okay i want to try that out that's great um i think all of those concepts are promoting the regular golfer to go out shotgun starts um quicker rounds concerts after the like after rounds and stuff like that i you know as much as i don't like the way it was built and all of that which I think, we don't need to do yeah we're not going to go could, into well we could go into that be, time, there'll come. be shows down the road but, okay that. so you you say it will do those things i don't golf doesn't do like watching pro golf on tv doesn't really drive any of that now like when i watch the no, masters watch the back nine of the, on, a, on a random sanderson farms golf sorry round. sanderson like, farms yes apologize great tournament congratulations to um mackenzie hughes. hughes that's that's who won it um congratulations on your win and you won 1.8 million dollars so congratulations to you on that Oh, we'll send some of that. Yeah, our it doesn't way make you, you go. Oh but, my god, I got yeah. to get a piece of this action, right? Like, let me turn that on right some, now. Yeah, some like sixteen-year-olds not like accidentally running into that and going like, "Huh, 
these are the coolest guys I ever saw. Mm-hmm. I got to do this. No, they're like, let me watch football. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, so... I think we just went almost an hour without saying the word cool, by the way, <laughs> which is actually amazing. Cool is, cool is not I would, as cool I, when as it I, was. When I run back through this, I'm going to do a cool count. So, but talking about that, like a point I wanted to make, acquiring golfers or making golf seem cool, I think it's other than these making golfers marketable to people places seeing the other people that play golf i'm talking athletes i'm talking celebrities i'm talking like and exposing that more to the younger generations or just other people in general like that makes golf seem cool and maybe i want to do it because i saw you know Gosh, the New York Steph Mets. Curry. Yeah, exactly. Steph Curry playing a bunch. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, they're all having a blast. Like, maybe I need to pick up some I mean, sticks and see what's what's going on with this Let game. me blow your mind, though, with this. Because maybe golf's just too niche. That already exists. There's the Pebble Beach Pro-Am every year. There's the... Um, the thing in Lake Tahoe, right, where they throw the football into the people yeah, are sitting that, in boats. That we have the, that stuff. And that's commercialism. And not, but, like, when you see people like these with stuff on their Instagrams and stuff on, like, their YouTube channels or their TikToks or anything like that and being like, oh, hey, I golf. I'm a golfer. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm hitting that, and it's on their personal rather than on an exposed round or they're doing a celebrity pro-am or something like yeah. that i i feel like that's going to definitely have more of an impact than trying to market these golfers and make them seem like oh hey yeah these are, these are cool guys look at this guy look at this he, guy wow. he travels around the he travels around he, the domestic US every a year. sport in slacks and a button-down shirt mm-hmm. how cool is this guy and guess what he hit gosh 270 shots throughout the weekend very neat and won one million dollars for that like but I, 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 I get what you, I, I actually i saw something um i saw something the other day that was uh so i think it's an nfl team and i forgive me because i can't remember which one but it has a like a par three yeah and like the back you're of watching their that practice uh, facility. indianapolis colts is that who it was they well i mean it might be it might be multiple but they did it like a if you've ever watched like the hard knocks, those things, they did an in season last year of Indianapolis Colts and they have like a par three complex straight in their training facility. Like, and you just saw like these guys, they're like, <laughs> love to golf. Yeah. And I, I'm, that's I the kind of thing I like that. That suits the narrative. I think you're talking about that gets like whatever kids or, or even, I mean, grown adults love football. So, uh, yeah, I mean that, that probably is something that goes, Whoa, ho- Oh, hold on. Like the whole team plays golf. Now that's cool. I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. Cause we all have seen that, uh, uh, X pitcher or this hockey player or this quarterback is really good at golf or it's always the, um, kickers, um, uh, the kickers, really? and the pitchers. Yes. Kickers, yeah. punters, pitchers, always good at golf. Um, and I, I, I have to like, I have to know, and I think that part of it is is something like I can, I can explain, but would love to hear out of their mouths. 
of, you know, why? Why golf? Because you don't see it across, like, hey, an ex-MLB guy, he wanted to go play some football, so he went and played semi-pro football. <laughs> you don't hear about that, or that's right. not advertised, or if it At does happen, I'm career. sorry, if it does happen and, and people are, are doing that all over the place, please I don't, let me know, but I, that, it, it's consistently as a secondary hobby or a secondary competition, it's it's always golf, and I think, yeah. I mean, not tooting my own horn, but like I, I played college baseball shortly after that when i lost that sort of competitive edge yes started playing softball but like golf is it a way to just keep that competitive edge is it just like a fun way to get out with the buddies like like i would love to hear that from a professional athlete of why golf it's a great question yeah yeah so um I think we're getting getting close to to wrapping yeah, up the inaugural. But I I I got I know you have a couple of things that I I wanted you to to touch on, like do a segment every week and and talk a little bit. I know you got one. I wanted to bring up my golfer of the week. Oh, you got your golfer. My of the golfer week. of the week and champion golfer of the week. <laughs> the champion golfer of the week. <laughs> Yeah, and that happened. Nice job, Rook. And and I know this is kind of like might be taboo to to say even because this is like a half concept of golf. This is not. I don't know what this is going to be. I I didn't even tell you about this, so this is kind of a surprise here. Um, Martin Borgheim. Go on. He last week won the professional long drive. Um, their professional long drive against Bryson DeChambeau, which I, I thought about giving it. Weird I say. know, I know. I thought about giving it to Bryson DeChambeau. Um, congrats to him too. Like that, that's cool. You said Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, uh, well, he is a bro. Yeah. Too. Yep. And I think he, if you don't patent that Bryson, I might just make a shirt out of it. So <sighs> him with like muscles and then like muscle milk coming out of those. Yeah. Whatever. Sorry. Or game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so he won the professional long drive competition. Great guy, like awesome family man, really dedicated to the science of long drive, which is, it's crazy because it is a, it is such a different component of golf, um, that they analyze and they get down to like the real, real nuts and bolts, like I'm sure professional golfers do in their own time, launch angles, everything, swing speed. But like these guys train really, 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 really hard for all of that. And I think he's, he was so passionate about his win. And I was watching this professional long drive competition and it was so cool to see like someone get to the peak of their mountain that like that's his, that's his major yeah. that's his mountain for sure and um really cool to see that's so awesome. check okay check that out i'll check that out yeah yeah i didn't i didn't see that i forget to turn those things on sometimes oh that was youtube again yes youtube yes. YouTube's. youtube tube happens yeah oh man okay Ch- golfer of the week cool i don't have one 
You don't. Okay. That's okay. That's that's, that can be your thing. Yeah. Yeah, You didn't ask ask me to do things. Um, So, uh, I think you know. Last thing I want to hit everyone with uh, is is a little a little thing we're gonna call on this day. Golf doesn't get a lot of us today, right? And um, I think the a lot of for history gets forgotten. I gotta I gotta spoil this for you. It's taking a shit earlier. Somehow, randomly, I think I stumbled on your on this day. Well, mistakenly, and I am so mad that I did. But we'll see though, because yeah. it's, it's it's like a deep cut. It's like a deep cut of an on this day. Okay. All right. So here's the story. Uh, so we're we're recording this on October fourth. Uh, October fourth, eighteen seventy three. Tom Kidd wins the Open Championship. Some of you know it as the British Open, whatever you want to call it. Um, Tom Kidd, uh, Scottish guy, wins the Open Championship. He is awarded the Claret Jug for the first time. That was the first time the Claret Jug existed, right? And which is the trophy that's given out to this day. Uh, that was the first time the trophy was given out. That's not really the interesting thing about it. Um, really cool. But here's why that was the first time the Claret Jug got given out. The Open had been played uh, 10 or 11 times before that. Um, interestingly enough, Tom Kidd's name was not the first to get etched into the Claret Jug. Hmm. Young Tom Morris, the great young Tom Morris, his name was the first to get etched in. And here's why. Prior to that claret jug existing, the open was per, was was you played for a championship belt. It was called the challenge belt. It was a big leather belt with a giant buckle, like very Anthony Kim, like think Anthony Kim That's times awesome. ten belt. Yeah, it was actually really cool. Um, uh, so you little segue, uh, just real quick. That's what they give out for the professional long drive. Oh, competition. Huh. That's your, that's your trophy. That. So Look there you go. There's your that. connection. Okay, so that's go ahead. Awesome. Um, and maybe I'm taking too long here, but I no, think it's really no. cool. So they had a rule, though. If anybody won it three times in a row, they got to keep the belt. Okay. Well, here comes young Tom Morris wins it 68, 69, 70, uh, 18, 68, 69, 70. Yeah. Wins it three times in a row. He gets the belt. They had to come up with a okay. new... Yeah, so interesting. Like, uh, in this world we live in, if somebody kept the belt, right, there would just be another belt for next year. Well, they didn't have anything for next year. So they canceled the tournament in 1971. Oh, it was not played. Then it took almost two years for three different groups, um, golfing organizations, to come together to raise 30 pounds Um I don't know what the equivalent of that was 150 years ago, but basically these three groups each finally got together, threw in 10 bucks, and decided they were going to create the Claret Jug. However, it was not ready for 1972 when young Tom Morris won Won again. again. Oh my God. So he won it four times in a row. He didn't get anything in 1970 or 1872. And then in 1873, the jug was finally ready, but it was supposed to be for the year before. Tom Kidd gets the jug for the first time. Young Tom Morris's name goes on it first. Wow. And that is your On This Day. I love it. Let's bring back belts. Let's bring I'm, back. I'm, I'm, I'm good. We talked about belts recently. I think we did. I got them hiding in a drawer. 
buckles oh. all, buckles all over the place. No, I'm, I'm meaning, like, let's bring back for, championship for belts. Yeah. Yeah, no more, like, stuffy trophies. Like, you think if your boss offered you a belt instead of a promotion, you would take it? Like, hey, great job de- on that project. Here's depends on how bedazzled the belt is. <laughs> like that, that, that might be actually sick, because I'd wear it around the office That's, with pride. Wow. Actually, no, I'd probably just, like, strap it over my shoulder and be like, what's up? Look at that guy. Yeah. Definitely. Nailed that conference call. <laughs> definitely. Definitely nailed that integration last yep. week. Oh, big time. <laughs> big time. Oh, well, anyway, um, thank you for, for thank, doing this. this thank is, you. Thank you. Anybody who ever sees this. Other than the, you know, maybe 15 other friends than and our family moms. That, yeah. it, that we send this out to, um, you randomly stumble upon this. We'd appreciate, uh, just any sort of interaction interaction any Let's feedback talk. what could we you know what can we do what do you want to what do you want to talk about we'll be back though yeah we'll be back i got more yeah I, I like it all right and uh if you guys if you guys didn't know gotta gotta tell you this guy created that intro and that outro like talented man over here and uh we're gonna keep running with those i i, I like that you got some smooth jams Thanks, and that, that'll, that'll Thanks, help brother Help with the rides more, in and rides out. More for jams people. to come, and, and we'll see you all in the next one. Peace.